Make or break your business with one single piece of paper on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello there, friends, and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 49. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. Welcome out, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the show today. And uh, what are we talking about? One single piece of paper? Isn't that like the straw that broke the camel's back? <laughs> well, over the last year, the most single piece, most valuable piece of paper for most people was toilet paper, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Nobody wants to run out of the toilet paper. Oh, boy. It's uh, you just look and laugh. Watch and laugh is what we got to do. Well, yeah, we're excited to be with you guys today. It's going to be an awesome episode. This is... Um, well, before we dive into it, do we have any announcements for our for our peeps? So, um, so the the uh, the make profits again summer is we we went live. It, it's done, mm-hmm. but guess what? It is now in a recorded format. So, if you were like, "Dang it, I missed out," or "I'm I'm just catching up with you guys now," mm-hmm. and uh, just hearing about this now, and I want to learn more about it head over to championhustle.com forward slash summit and you can get access absolutely free to this four-day summit of over 30 successful business owners sharing their tips and tricks on how to to rock your business going forward. Yeah. So go check that out and grow your business and have a pencil and paper ready because you're going to take some notes. A lot of great nuggets in there. over 30 pages of notes from that summit. So Dang. get in there. Lots of awesome things that I'm going to be implementing over the next coming weeks. I've already started, so don't don't get that procrastination bug and, and just keep pushing it off. Start, but know that it's going to take some time to implement. Absolutely. Well, today we are talking about paper. What paper are we talking about? Toilet paper, of course. Jeez. Oh, this is how we're going today, Levi. <laughs> Just <Yep>. kidding. <laughs> we are talking about contracts. Contracts. Now, a lot of times when entrepreneurs hear the term contract, their eyes glaze over. They're like, I don't want to know anything about contracts. I, uh, I have attorneys that they take care of that for me. Peace right? out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, <laughs> what? Ugh. But con- understanding contracts. And obviously, I mean, neither Levi nor myself, we're not attorneys. We don't want to be attorneys. That's why we pay no. attorneys to help us. Pay your professionals. Yes, pay your professionals. Nonetheless, it is very, very important that as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, you're able to have a certain level of understanding and clarity in regards to contracts and how they work and uh, how <laughs> how they apply in your unique industry because you're going to face them. You're going to come across them. And uh, they truly can make or break your business. Very, very important. Yeah, and, and the biggest thing is not to, to know the details or not even to write your own contracts. It's to actually know what's in them because that's what you're going to be held to. If you don't understand what, you, what is required of you and what the agreement is, that's really what we're talking about is what is the agreement. And in, re- in agreements, you talk about positive terms most of the time. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell you why you should also be thinking about the negative terms. Yeah. Well, and one thing that's really important to keep in mind is, especially since we have you know listeners from all around the country and all around the world, 
is that uh, contract law varies. <laughs> yeah. Just within the United States, every state has very different uh, rules as far as contract law. And in other countries, obviously, it's also very different as well. So just as an important footnote, the, the information and ideas that we're going to be sharing today come from our perspective as it relates to contract law in Utah in the United States. <laughs> so wherever you are, it's going to vary. Uh, just keep that in mind. Make sure that you consult the proper licensed professionals before uh, you know making any legal or contract decisions. Yeah. And I mean, the things that we're going to be talking about are, are some very common things that mm -hmm. we've seen in lots of places. I, I've even done some stuff out of the state of Utah as well. And there's still a lot of the same terms and conditions that you're going to see in contracts. For sure. So, so there are some common things, but contracts can be whatever you want them to be as long as you're not violating a law by putting it in there. Yeah. So you can't, for example, you can't have somebody sign to give up a right that they have been given by either uh, a federal or a local um, constitution or law or statute. Like they can't sign that away. Well, what what are the you know when we're talking about we're talking about contracts and what makes a contract uh, valid or binding? There are some key components, right? Elements that that really need to be included in order to make that a contract. Obviously, we know that you know a contract written down on a uh, on a piece of paper uh, that's you know that that can be a valid contract. If a contract were written on a napkin or a paper towel. Could that be a valid contract? You bet it could. In, in some states, even a verbal agreement is considered a binding contract. So yeah. that's why you've got to know your local laws because some will consider verbal binding, some won't. Right. So, I personally, even if I were in an area where verbal contracts were binding, I would prefer to have it in writing. Yes. Me personally, 100% of the time because... Memory, you know, people remember different things and having it in writing provides the best clarity possible. So right, that would be my opinion. So what makes that binding contract? The first thing is the who, right? Right. You got to know who's involved. It's going to, and everybody that is responsible for some type of performance on that contract between one or, or between two or more parties mm -hmm. is you got to have tell who those people are, who those parties are, who those entities are, because you got to know who is responsible for performing on the contract. Yeah. And, and I like what you said there, who those entities are, because the parties, they could be an individual person. It could be a group of people. It could be some type of, you know, an entity, an LLC or an S corp. It could be a trust. It could be right. I mean, it could be many different types of things, not necessarily an individual, those parties must be, you know, must be defined. And, um, you know, and on certain, we do, obviously we do a lot of real estate contracts. Uh, when you, when you get into multiple people where an entity is not involved, that's when you can start getting into things like, uh, you know, joint tenants or tenants in common. And you got to understand, well, what's the difference? Well, it depends <laughs> if one of you dies, what happens? Uh, and so, you know, things like that, or right of survivorship, like there's all these different, that's why, <laughs> Get an attorney. <laughs> you got to make Get sure that you under, an understand attorney. That. But yeah, parties defined. Another thing that's really important, obviously, is um, you know to define the terms of the agreement. 
which is, you'd say, well, that duh, but <laughs> you've got to be very clear whether you are purchasing a property or negotiating something or settling something or whatever it is that you're, you know, you're doing, make sure that, okay, this party agrees to do A, B, C, D, E, and and then the other party agrees to do, you know, E, F, G, H, I. So the terms of what people are expected to do, what they're allowed to do, and what they're not allowed to do, and outlining that very specifically is crucially important in order to have a really strong binding contract. Yeah, and I mean, from from a business perspective, like not not even talking real estate, you know, a common contract that you're going to be talking about is maybe you don't want to manage the business day to day. So you're going to hire a manager. You might put that manager on contract. You might put them on a salary with certain expectations and and maybe even certain performance related bonuses that are, are all contracted and negotiated beforehand so that they know what is expected of them. And if they want to earn more, they know what is expected to get to those milestones too. Yeah. I, I always believe in performance-based milestones, right? So there, there are ways to contract that it's just a, a bonus that j- you just get based on time. But I, me personally, I don't like that style. I like it based on performance because they know what they need to do to execute and receive that. For sure. Let's see. What else? We've got... Uh... This is a simple one, but a lot of people forget this. Uh, you got to put the date on it. <laughs> when when was this contract written and when was it executed? Right. Yeah. So dates dates are very very crucial, especially because um, you know as laws can change. If you you could have a uh, you know a contract that was executed under one certain set of laws, and then the law changes in the future. If that you know if that ends up going to court or something, you're going to need to be able to prove. Look, at the point in time that we executed this, it was according to current you know law or whatever. So the date, you got to know when when it was executed. Yeah, and that's that's a a funny situation. Again, we're going to say this a lot today. Use your professionals because they're going to be able to help you, especially if you have to to work through some, any type of dispute. Yeah, you know what's really ironic, Levi? What's that? Um, after we finish recording this podcast, I have a call scheduled with one of my attorneys. Guess what it is that we're going to be reviewing? Mm, a contract? <laughs> I'm, I'm totally serious. <laughs> it just happened to be. So eh, it's ironic. Yeah. Now, um, another thing Another thing that's really important is consideration. And consideration simply means that money is passing from one person's hands to another. Right, so there has to be some type of consideration, whether it be uh, you know a hundred dollar security deposit or you know a, much more than that. It really doesn't matter. But consideration, money changes hands to show that um, you know that, that that agreement is in force. Now, is it only money? No, no. Consideration could also be something else too. I just think of consideration as money because I mean that's, I mean, that's the easiest rest. thing to think about yeah. because. That's the easiest exchange. The simplest exchange right. is money. And and uh, one of our friends, uh, we call her the ten dollars down queen. She her her um, earnest money deposit on real estate is ten bucks when she would buy them. 
And so she got the, the nickname of the $10 down queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the amount so it doesn't of have consideration. To be a no. Absolutely not. And uh, anything else? Anything else we're missing, Levi? Um, well, you've got to sign it. <laughs> Unless all the parties involved sign it, it's not binding. Yeah. Right? So that's that means that everybody is now agreeing to the terms, has signed it. Um, I, I, I'm going to throw this out. It, it's a, a caution. Um, when you are doing contracts. If you are not all signing the contracts in the room together, make sure you read it to make sure none of the terms changed without your knowledge. <laughs> I I know several people. Um, my grandpa even had this this come up in some of the deals that he did, um, where the terms of the contract were changed without his knowledge, and then he signed it because they basically took it modified it, signed it themselves, and then he signed it. So be cautious, be careful about that. Uh, uh, the easiest way to go about that is to have everybody sitting down with duplicate copies. There's there's no ability to change it. If you need to change it, you can redline it and, and initial it right there. But that's the negotiation. Uh, just be cautious about people putting stuff into contracts that you weren't aware of. Yeah. Just throw that out there. I agree 100%. Very, very important. Because sometimes, um, you know, if we receive a contract, we'll read the preliminary or the draft of it. Like, okay, yeah, this looks good. Great. And then when the final is sent over, we assume that nothing's been changed. <laughs> don't, don't, do not assume that. Do not assume. Very, very important to, ah, oh, but I don't want to read through it again. Great. Pay an attorney to read through it again then. <laughs> on the actual <laughs> version that is going to be signed. Very, very important. Uh, yeah, so yep. those are kind of the, the, you know, some of the key things you wanna keep in mind that, that need to be included in order to make the contract binding. And you know, another thing that's important to consider is when we're looking at contracts and enforceability of a contract, you say, what is the worth of the contract? The worth is how defensible is it going to be in court? Because it is a piece of paper the power comes when you have a well-written contract that is binding, that's enforceable, that you can then take to a judge and the judge reads through it and says, okay, right, I will award in your favor, right? The person changed their mind. They no longer want to sell the house. Well, they're under contract. They're obligated to sell the house to you. So, um, you know, they're going to have to sell or whatever the situation happens to be. You want to look at how... Um, how defensible is that contract going to be in court? That's the whole purpose of doing the contract. Obviously, you don't want to have to take it to that point, but that's the reason we do the contracts. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that a little bit. Okay. Because I think the biggest benefit of a contract is actually where all of the terms are so clear up front that everybody knows exactly what's gonna going to happen so that it never goes to court. It never goes to mediation or arbitration because if it's completely spelled out and everybody knows exactly what's going on and there's no ambiguity in what's expected to happen that is the most powerful contract true okay 
Um, obviously, going to litigation is not what we want to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> and well, unless you're an attorney and you charge by the hour, in which case, yes, litigation is what you want to do. Uh, litigation is not, obviously, arbitration, mediation um, is, yeah, is definitely a preferable uh, solution in that type of situation. And, and there are many, you know, I would say the majority of situations, you know, everyone is, uh, is uh, doing their part on good faith. And everyone, right. you know, does, fulfills their responsibility, does their part of the, of the agreement according to the terms, and everyone, everything's hunky-dory. Um, the, the, the importance, though, is keeping in mind we prepare, we, 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 plan, we hope for the best and plan for the worst. Right. And that's where the, the agreement has to have teeth, has to have teeth in it. Agreed. So, um, okay. So we've talked about a lot of this. The last thing I guess to, to mention is sometimes your contracts and agreements might have to be either witnessed yeah. or specifically notarized. Absolutely. And, and those are two different things. I mean, a notary is a witness, but it is a special type of witness that, that basically verifies identity and all this stuff. And then they also sign it and, and verify that you and the people involved are who they say they are. Right. Yeah. And that could be, yeah, somebody that knows you and, and, and they, or they see your ID and then they witness, okay, yeah, this person was the person who signed. Whereas a notary is somebody that is, you know, registered, licensed with the state and they, you know, keep a log and a track of who signed what and when, and then they verify photo ID and then they certify that you were the person, in fact, who signed. And, and that's just like an extra level of, of, uh, what's the right word? Protection of, of of guarantee. There you go. That the authenticity. It's it, it's authenticating that you, because I mean I've seen I've seen contracts that Levi that you have signed. So if I were a forger, I'm not a forger. But if I were a forger, I could maybe figure out how to forge your signature and go sign some other contract. But if it has to be notarized, I wouldn't be able to do that because. There would be, unless you forged the notary too, but let's, okay, this episode is taking a, I feel like somebody's knocking at my door right now. Um, it, it gives me, the it FBI gives is a, on the way, Ryan. It gives a guarantee that the person who signed the document is in fact that person. So um, in, into, you know, in a contract, and this is tricky, obviously the majority of contracts that you and I deal with are uh, you know, in one form or another related to real estate, um, but you know, for our listeners, whatever business they're involved in, uh, you know, they could be doing contracts with uh, with their vendors and suppliers, um, you know, with different uh, maybe with their customers. And uh, so, what what are some of the the common clauses or or terms that uh, terminology that uh, you know that they're going to see in those contracts because I know when I first started reading contracts years ago, it's like, man, this is so confusing. I don't understand what any of these words mean. I thought I spoke English, <laughs> but obviously nope. I don't because I don't I have no idea what <laughs> what this stuff is over time. I think they do that intentionally changed. to confuse us. Yeah. Us lay people. Yes. So that's why you use your attorneys because they understand that kind of stuff. They spend a lot of years, a lot of time, a lot of effort to understanding legal terminology. 
Legalese, as it's and, officially uh, one, known. One of our attorneys says, uh, words mean things. Yes. So, they, every word has a meaning. Yes, words Sometimes mean more things. based on context. Absolutely. But uh, uh, the first thing to consider is jurisdiction. And, and what do we mean by that? Well, what laws are going to apply to the contract? So you want to clearly spell out uh, if there is a dispute or anything, what laws are actually going to apply when determining the validity or outcome of any disputes on a contract? Yeah, and, and that is really important because even if the transaction is taking place in a different jurisdiction, the contract will define which jurisdiction, uh, you know, the, the contract will be executed according to the laws of that Right. So for, if we're if we're buying a, a property in in I don't know, Nevada, we could still have a contract, depending on the situation, where certain aspects of that contract are are, you know, determined by Utah state law or vice versa. So, yeah. And, and I'll give you guys a hint. The easiest way is make it the laws where your business is, because if you ever have to deal with it, then you're dealing with your local system. Yeah. Period. Make it easy on yourself if you're the one drawing up the contract. Absolutely. Um, another another thing that you'll see a lot of times is where it talks about arbitration and or mediation. Now, I mentioned litigation. Litigation is simply where you go to court and litigate in court a case of some type. And, um, and so litigation is kind of the last step. It's the most expensive, it's the most complicated, and it can go on for many, many years. Um, and lots so, of moolah. And, oh, and uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in legal costs, depending on the situation, depending on the case. The people that really win in litigation are the attorneys. The attorneys, yeah. And if you're an attorney and you're offended, we're sorry. We speak the truth. <laughs> we're not sorry. We speak the truth. So, sometimes uh, litigation is necessary to get to a final resolution. I'm not saying it's absolutely. a bad thing, but uh, honestly, from from everybody involved in a contract, the, the people, the parties involved, those are not the winners of any litigated dispute. Yeah. Which, which is why, um, you know, with a really strong contract and assuming that everybody in the, in the uh, you know, involved in the contract wants to play ball and is willing mm -hmm. to play ball, arbitration or mediation can be great, great solutions. Now, they are different. So uh, mediation is where you go in front of a mediator. And a, typically that's, uh, you know, somebody that's, you know, an attorney or a judge or somebody like that that has a lot of legal experience. And they act as a mediator between the two parties to try to mediate an agreement. The, the terms of that agreement uh, must be acceptable to all parties of the mediation. So the mediator does not have binding authority over that. So um, everyone, everyone must be, be in agreement and then they sign you know, whatever mediation agreement that uh, they come to for that situation. And the mediator was simply the, the middleman, as it were, to uh, help facilitate communication and get everybody on the same page. Arbitration is a little bit different. Arbitration is binding. Arbitration is where people go and they say, here is the information. We were supposed to buy this property. Here's the contract. Now the person doesn't want to sell. The other person says, well, I changed my mind. Why? 
Uh, I got an offer for $100,000 more. <laughs> so I want to sell it for that. <laughs> well, right. So then the, uh, you know, the arbitrator will then look at all of the, all the information and all the facts and then make a decision. And the parties going into arbitration have prior, have previously agreed that whatever decision is made by the arbitrator will be binding on all parties. So yeah. that's kind of the difference between mediation and arbitration. They both have their place. Um, which one is appropriate for you to put in your contract in your situation? I don't know. Depends. <laughs> but that's what the difference is. Yeah. Um, so some other ones is, I'm going to kind of lump these together because they're similar, but they have also have different purposes. Indemnification and waivers. So indemnification is kind of like a, a hold harmless agreement. Yeah. Like you're saying, uh, you know, you're going to do your best, and, but I have responsibilities in this too. And then uh, a waiver, there are different types of waivers. The easiest one is think about going to like uh, a theme park or you're going to go do something fun like uh, go hit a racetrack and go test drive some fun fast cars or uh, my kid's favorite going to the trampoline park. We sign waivers saying, hey, we're not going to hold them responsible for injuries and things like that. So. There are different types of waivers. There are different types of reasons that you would want to have a waiver. Um, but it's basically a waiver, I think, is a lot of letting people understand the risks that they're putting themselves into. And then indemnification is saying you have a part in this. You have your own due diligence to do. Yeah. Yeah. Indemnif one of the <laughs> most entertaining and strongly <laughs> written indemnification agreements that I've ever signed <laughs> was when I went skydiving. It was entertaining to read it. <laughs> As you can imagine, the indemnification on that was, uh, they spent some dollars <laughs> with attorneys to make yep. sure that, that that was written correctly. Bungee jumping is probably another one. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, I got a kick out of there, the, the, the identification on that one. Okay. Uh, what are, what else? What's the next uh, one? Default. So a default simply means that, uh, you have not performed according to the terms outlined of the contract. So, you know, whatever you were supposed to do, you did not do, and therefore you are in default. And so, uh, the, the default clauses will define, uh, what um, what remedies or or you know solutions or punishments or you know the legal term they use is remedies. What remedies are available if a party on the contract is in default? So that's important to understand. Hey, if if everything hits the fan, what recourse do I have? Because a lot of times you do have additional recourses before going to mediation or arbitration or litigation that's outlined in the. Um, in the contract itself. Yeah. Um, another one is disputes. So, so basically it's, okay, we don't think this person is performing. What is the process? What does that look like yeah. to go through and start disputing them? The easiest way is if everybody involved will actually communicate to each other first and just come to a resolution. Yeah. But whatever that resolution is, get it in writing. Absolutely. Another one that's important is, uh, you know, looking at the, you know, the products or the services. And I know we talked about this on terms of agreement before, but the products or services, what exactly is included in the agreement? And even what's excluded. 
that can be equally, if not more <laughs> important than what's included, what is ex- excluded, because sometimes one or, or both, you know, the parties can assume that there was a specific um, element or aspect that was included when in fact not, it is absolutely, it's explicitly excluded. So that's an important one. Yeah, and an easy way of, uh, or another thing that might be specifically excluded is what you cannot do with someone else's intellectual property. Yeah. So they they may be providing something, uh, maybe providing a a service or content, and it's okay. What can you not do with it? Mm-hmm. Right. If I go buy a movie at the store, I can't just go play that for an audience of a thousand people. Mm-mm. I have to buy a specific copy of the movie to be able to play it for large audiences. Yeah. Yeah. You have to license that. Absolutely. Um, also, what else? Um, what else? Uh, term and time frame. Like, when is this expected to be done? So there, there actually may be terms associated to uh, how fast a project needs to be done. That might be that um, there, there might be discounts or penalties in, uh, applied if you don't get it done within a certain time frame. Or one of my favorites and and one of the easiest ways to get contractors to do work is give them an incentive for getting things done within a certain time frame. Absolutely. They get paid more when they actually do this by a certain date. There's an incentive. Yeah. Another another one is uh, and this is really important. This is once again why we have attorneys <laughs> help <laughs> us if we don't know is severability, severability clause. That basically outlines that if you know within the contract, if there are um, certain aspects of the contract that are illegal or unenforceable in some way, that that does not uh, void the entire contract. <laughs> it simply voids that part. This so, is probably the one clause you're going to want to make sure you have in every single contract. Yeah, I, I mean there are others, but this one can can really seal the deal. If you forget this one, like somebody's going to look for that one loophole to get out of something. Yeah. Yeah. And say, Oh, here you asked for this and that is illegal. So therefore the entire contract is void, throw it out. And if you don't have severability, well, good contract. That's, we call that a learning opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I call that tuition in the school of hard knocks. I call that you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there, there was a ton of content. Um, we, we completely realized that contracts can be a dry topic, but yeah. you just have to understand high level what all this stuff is about, because then you're going to go turn it over to your professionals to actually do the, the hard work and the cleanup to make sure that everything is solid for you, because you want to protect your interests. And you also want to make sure that the relationship that you're building with your customers, your clients, your vendors, mm-hmm. your employees, whoever that you're working with, that you need a contract. We want to see that be a long-term relationship. Yeah. And an easy way to do that is to set clear expectations, have everybody signed, have everybody know that there's an agreement and a process in place for resolving issues. So use your professionals. Amen. Ditto. Yes. Well, cool. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode today and got value from it. I know some, as you mentioned, Levi, some of the topics are a little drier than others, but boy, 
The title of this episode, Make or Break Your Business with a Single Piece of Paper, is absolutely true. <laughs> You've got to, got to, got to understand at least the basics of contracts. Otherwise, boy, you can get yourself in some hot water. So, yep. hope you guys have enjoyed it. We look forward to seeing you next week. Next week, we are going Ooh. to go over something super, well, it doesn't matter how much money you make in business if you can't keep it. And so That's right. we're going to talk about knowing the rules of the game, the tax game, and deferring taxes forever. It's going to be the topic of our episode next week. So make sure you plug in. You don't want to miss it. In the meantime, feel free to go to championhustle.com for all of the links for all the different platforms where you can plug in and join us on social media or on your preferred podcast directory. And until then, say, hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Oh, 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 oh